Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 136 of the Adventures in Angular show. This week on our panel we have Joe Eames. Hey everybody. Lucas Rubelke. Holler. Ward Bell. Hello, hello. John Papa. Hello. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. Um, when this comes out, JS Remote Conf will be over, but you can still get tickets for uh, React Remote Conf and Angular Remote Conf, so go check those out. Uh, we have a special guest this week, and that's... I should have asked how to say your name. You want to say your name for me? Yeah, sure. It's uh, Romuald Briou. Oh, I would have... So it's a mix. I would have it's just a German-French mix. Yeah. Do you want to give us a brief introduction, who you are, what you're about? Yeah, sure. I uh, study computer science, uh, freelance in web development, and I like it to keep it broad. So whatever the client needs, I do it. Uh, whether it be programming or lead or really whatever the company needs. Yeah, that's me. Very cool. Is this picture on your GitHub profile you? Yes, indeed, it's me. Uh, it's not very updated, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, clearly, your voice has dropped. Since... Yeah, <laughs> I, I just I guess I, I matured right quite early. Mm. So I'm 11 years old. <laughs> so we're going drinking later? Sure. <laughs> what was it about the social social uh, people child abuse? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but apparently it's not child abuse if you pour your own stein. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to business. Um, I brought we brought we invited you on because uh, I ran across. Okay, I invited you on because I ran across this catalog of Angular two plus, which now is just Angular, I guess, but components yep. and libraries, and it's just this long list of you know different libraries and components you can pull into your application so i'm mm-hmm. curious what first of all what why do this why pull something like this together i mean i like it but i'm curious what yeah i mean what were you thinking yeah that <laughs> um. does your team need to master angular js Oasis Digital offers Angular Bootcamp, a three-day in-person workshop class for individuals or teams. Bring us to your site or send developers to ours, angularbootcamp.com. It's been a topic in my mind for a while, this thing of of finding libraries and also the publishing part. Um, How how, how do you get to users? Um, you, You publish it on Reddit get a spike of users and then it drops and then you have a problem again how do you get to users um and also finding stuff i was never really happy about googling back and forth and yeah that's and i thought about it and then i, I discovered also yeah I, I guess you guys know this awesome lists and um and that's I, yeah it's, it, looks, it looks cool i'm collaborative um and that's how I started making these catalogs. I started with the React catalog, which is quite popular. It's like seven, almost 7,000 stars on GitHub. Um, so I figured there's something there. And yeah, that's how I come up with it. Yeah, it's... So you, 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 sorry, go ahead, Chuck. I was just going to say, it's interesting because a lot of these, you wind up doing something like NPM install or you... Some of them you you kind of copy and paste, you know, you, you get pull and then you pull it into your application. There are a lot of different ways to get these. And, yeah, there's not really a good centralized place to get packages for Angular, at least not that I'm aware of. And so I looked at this mm-hmm. and I was like, this is really, really nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. Now Ward's going to tell me there is a centralized place. No, no. I was going to. Uh, I was going to say this is. Um, it's a, it's a great idea to curate these things, and um, so so. I, and I'm curious about what role you play in 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 making a, a decision, and then I and then you know I'm trying to think what I would do as a consumer of it. I know right away the thing that intrigues me is if I'm thinking about building my own, I can always go look at what somebody else did. Um, to to get a feel for how you know the variety of ways in which you can implement something in in Angular and and maybe that was one of your um, your motivations. 
my motivation was primarily really that that finding libraries uh, more the consuming part. The, the, I, I, I have a specific use case and I want a library. That's really the the, the, the use case I'm, I'm trying to cover, and and less from the learning material aspect, less less from the learning aspect. Uh, so it's really I need a library and I need it ASAP and I want a good one. So so what? How do you know it's a good one? All right, that's what I mean. Or do you do you make a judgment yeah. as you look at these things? So I try. I I, I I I I so obviously I cannot test all of them. That's way too much work. I cannot like install and actually use them all. So I try to evaluate on based on the README, the issues, last comments, and I you you can get a sense of the quality of it, and um, yeah. Um, and that's um, mostly good enough, I would say. Yeah, but well, sure, you, it can, could, yeah. You, can, you can, I mean, you're counting on the community to pass judgment too. If something really doesn't measure up, then, then these things yes. are going to get comments. But this is a great trampoline, great starting exactly. point for, yes. for us. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's a very good point. It's actually that, like that. It's, it's a trampoline, and eventually the community uh, helps. And um, yeah. So what I want to know is when are you going to build NGRM or NGR, NG, NGPM, the Angular Package <laughs> yeah. Manager? Um, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I put you on the spot. Sure. I'm sorry. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I mean. No, it's fine. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it really is about I mean, the, the, the <clears throat> The more the more people uh, know about this catalog, the better it gets, and this is important. And and eventually, because if, if it's collaborative, it's just a readme file on GitHub. So if if an important library is missing, anyone can edit. So the more users you have, the better it gets. And eventually, and it would be really cool. It's all good stuff are on in this catalog, and that would be really, I think, good for the community. Yeah, I'd love to make a call out to all of our listeners to check out this GitHub repo, which you can find in the notes, and you know, look it over. It's it's pretty lengthy list, and make any PRs or help uh, help add to this too. It's uh, it's yeah, great when it contributes. And totally open for um, commenting it. Uh, we are three right now, and yeah. How do you feel about um, like third-party paid stuff like DevExpress, Telerik, Kendo, things like that on this list? Yeah, so until now I declined them. Uh, it's yeah, but I'm I'm not close-minded to it. I mean, if it, yeah, but um, there yeah, need to be some sort do, of communicating it. Yeah, I would think if you did include those, you'd at least want to flag them saying, "Hey, these yeah, are exactly. paid in some way, right?" Yep. Yeah. But it depends. If it comes up often, then I'll, uh, I'll think about it. But right now, it has come up only once. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm thinking about it as a consumer of it, and, you know, of these things, you know. And usually, when I'm representing a company, we're we're trying to have a, we're looking for a, a a single package that embraces all of them and that's integrated and that that has a common look and. But I also know that right now there are just huge gaps in anything that um, I could pull off the shelf, even if I wanted to pay for it. Huge gaps. I mean, or, or you know, like material design, Angular material isn't complete um, and is missing some of these things. And uh, so I would be grateful when I need something to reach into here, maybe to supplement something that I had already made a commitment to, because I, I got to do it one way or the other. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was King John. I, I just, I, I just want to agree with Ward, especially to the point where some of these are simple enough to where you go and you bring it in, and then you just have the component. So I don't have to write it. I don't have to worry about whether or not it works. I just jump in. I put the component into my layout. Tell it what data I want it to use, and I'm done. The, the other thing I notice is that many of them say, no jQuery required or no Bootstrap JS required. And that's a significant mm-hmm. point because many, you know, at least some of the third-party system control systems I've seen are highly dependent upon jQuery 
and uh, or something like that, or and or yeah, or Bootstrap.js, and you're you're suddenly you know you you buy into those and you're buying into all you know all that extra weight, and it does seem like people are concerned about weight these days. Yeah, so I, I, basically until now I rejected all with jQuery dependency. Uh, it's oh. doesn't. Yeah. Interesting. And it did, but it didn't come up that often. And there were actually no, none of them um, were popular. And yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, you don't want the extra weight. Uh, it, it feels kind of feel foolish nowadays to uh, use jQuery. Well, <laughs> I know plenty. I know some I'm, people mm-hmm, like <laughs> us who have chucked it into things just so we could get keep moving. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. Um, yeah. Well, I noticed there's a library on your list, and I've already lost it somewhere in here. Among the toaster libraries, okay, which, which uh, I think it's ng two toaster maybe, and mm-hmm. that library is is a. Um, thing that was extended or forked off of Angular Toaster, which our friend Jesus, uh, that Ward and I work with on the docs team, has written, which was an extension of a thing I wrote with jQuery in Bootstrap called just Toaster. So it's interesting that some of these things have evolved from other libraries along the way as well. And some of them do, uh, by default, have jQuery in them like as a like eighth level dependency too. So I imagine that's got to be impossible for you to completely weed out. Yeah, true. And can happen. I'll check it out, actually, what you said. But, um, I mean, what would be really great, uh, but it, um, it is actually for every library to say how much, uh, what's the weight of the library. And you can display this information. Um, and, yeah, that would be really cool. So then it doesn't matter if it's jQuery or not. You just look at the weight. And uh, if it's small enough, or it depends on your requirements. So one question that I had is um, the original list. I mean, how many of these were contributed by other people, and how many of these were things that you put in initially? Mm, so what do you mean? Was it the original list? Do you mean like the, the very first version of the list? Yeah, when you got started, how many of these were in here versus now? You know, how many of these have you found and put in ah, okay. versus other people contributing them? Yeah. Um, I believe the very first list was 120 Angular libraries. Uh, as you can see, it has grown a lot, but I've added myself uh, many of them, so I will estimate. Um, I can actually, yeah, not, not, as easily, not, not that easily count, but I would estimate around 50. It's been for, from, from others, something like that. Wow. Hmm. Have you written any of these, or uh, any of these kinds of control libraries or controls yourself? Um, I've written libraries before, but uh, not for Angular, no. Yeah. Hmm. One thing that I'm also curious Actually, about. Actually, oh. from all the lists, none of them, I don't have any library on the lists. Uh, libraries I've written before doesn't have list catalogs until now, at least. So how do you find the ones that you add? Are you out there actively looking for them? Or is it just, oh, I found this and I used it and it was nice and so... Uh, both. Yeah, both. Um, yeah. So when you're act- actu- actually out there looking, where do you look? Um, I um, actually I Google a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> Some, yeah. It's actually quite some work. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm actually looking at this list, and I feel like I'm a kid in a candy store. This is really, really super awesome. And uh, I actually have a comment about you know even someone who might want to get interested in making an open source uh, contribution. If you actually do just a search on the page for wrapper. Uh, some of these components are super useful, and they're actually just a an Angular wrapper around um, other very good third-party libraries. So, for instance, like Angular 2 wrapper library for Swiper, Angular 2 wrapper library for Perfect Scroll Bar, um, etc. So, it's interesting to me even how you know just the barrier to entry to get on this list is actually um, not that not that hard. 
that if you mm -hmm. understand you know how to actually wrap a component um, in Angular, that you can actually do valuable work and make you know really simplify you know and streamline something for not only yourself but you know other people and you know that they'd find it useful. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. There's also, I'm not sure if it's interesting to you, there's also a topic of uh, whether you put something on from to the catalog as an integration or a specific use case. Um, let's say you have a Meteor integration library. Do you put it as a, as a full stack category or do you put it into integration? Um, yeah. And what, what I do in this type of uh, situations, I, I put myself in the, the user perspective and what is he going to look for? Is he going to look for a full stack category or is he going to look for an integration? And I'm thinking he's more likely to look for an integration. Well, I think it depends on the library, though. So, like, for instance, Meteor is, is pretty full stacky in the sense of it's like, here's this box and now you have this, like, you know, this full stack, like, web application. Whereas, you know, something else like maybe like Breeze, <clears throat> a little shout out to my buddy Ward, is, you know, that's something that you you kind of compose the things on it you want, and that would be more of an integration. So I think it also depends on the nature of uh, what you're dealing with. And, and also to that, you know, Meteor has actually opened, you know, up where you can start to integrate with other things. But initially, it was definitely like this black box of like, it's all Meteor front to back. Whereas, you know, mm -hmm. something like, you know, Breeze is... You know, it serves a very specific purpose that you then you know can integrate other things into. Yeah. Yeah, that was an important move that Meteor made. Originally, it was an it was an entire universe unto itself, and you entered the Meteor universe and mm -hmm. lived there. And I guess that just didn't play out commercially, so they uh, they broke it up. Yeah, I guess we are afraid of of, of being of everything related to lock in. It doesn't feel right. Uh, at least that's my point of view on it. I kind of want to keep the flexibility of choosing the tools. Well, even to that is, uh, you certainly wouldn't want to just create something from scratch, like all like something from scratch all the time. So, for instance, if like I need a date picker, well, I'm not going to want to write that from scratch. And so, if you don't have, you know, an option to actually integrate that into your workflow, then you know, philosophy aside, is like your hands are tied because there's not really a lot that you can do. And so I think there's a lot to be said about, you know, especially when you're you're vetting a concept and, you know, you don't even, you're not even for sure what you're going to build or they're, you know, delivering on time or just even keeping man hours down is just being able to pull, you know, something that's already been done. Even a jQuery component, um, I'm not above that. It doesn't offend me, is if there's a really good jQuery component, just pull it in and, and use it even like the cost benefit of just having that there that's been tested and it's been around and vetted is is a lot better than you know trying to figure out how to work something into this kind of proprietary black box yeah well this is the, this is the tension isn't it i mean as we're out there trying to make decisions we're trying to find this balance between <clears throat> um the freedom and the flexibility that comes from picking cherry picking what you want and then the the chaos that ensues as you try and cope with uh each of them on its own cycle revision cycle and Implement it a different way, and whether you end up with a, just a big mall of mud at the end, and wouldn't you just rather just go shopping and pick one thing? Uh, I think of it like a, you know, sometimes like a car. Like I'm not going to go out. <laughs> I'm not going to go out and buy an engine from one company and a and tires from another and brakes from another, and you know, I'll just because I can assure you the result is not going to be good. Um, on the other hand, I'm not interested in having General Motors pick my music for me, even if they could. Uh, decide what was going to be playing on the, uh, you know, on the car stereo. So I, I, I think that's kind of where we are with this. And I, I don't think it's necessarily either or. I, like I said, I would be tempted to pick to to go with something that gave me most of what I wanted, and then shop here on on your awesome Angular components for the things that fill in gaps. That, I mean, but that's me. And so that even is in the frameworks, like, you know, going back a couple years ago is that, you know, when you had Backbone and they're like, well, what are you, an MVC, an MVVM? And they're just like, we're anything you want it to be. It's just, you know, just make it whatever you want. 
And then you had like Ember on the other side was, you know, this is exactly how it's done. You know, this is the Ember way and, you know, very conventional. And so you kind of had two ends of the spectrum and then Angular kind of fell, you know, into the middle of like, hey, we are prescriptive without being restrictive. And I know I know very good developers on on either end of the spectrum where some people are like, look, I want I want the freedom to basically roll my own micro framework within, you know, Backbone, for instance, where they had their own way of doing it. But then other people are like, I don't want to think about it. And I know that when, um, you know, when I spin up an Ember project, for instance, or even like a Rails project, that it's going to be pretty consistent across project and project, mm-hmm. which is one reason why I love Angular CLI. Because I know if it's an Angular CLI project, there's some basically some assumptions that I can make. And so there definitely is that balance of like, do we just give you the freedom to do whatever you want? Or, you know, do we kind of give you some prescriptions about how this should look? And... Um, you don't let you kind of follow some prescribed conventions, which I also appreciate. I've I've had some thought about that lately, and and, and what I and I'm, I'm figuring, I'm, I'm thinking, it, why not both both worlds, um, giving flexibility and a, and, a, and a bright spectrum of of, of features. Um, for example, you have a bunch of UI frameworks, and and I. Especially now with uh, static analysis, code analysis and dead code elimination, I could just pick one, let's say, the calendar component from one UI framework and then um, pick the tooltip from another framework and we'll be fine from the weight perspective. So I'm not sure why we don't go in that direction. Um, yeah. And same goes for the frameworks. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, React is... Yeah. A little bit of that now where you can actually, for instance, take a, like a React component um, and wrap it in, in Angular. Um, so that's kind of most of the interop, but even, you know, Polymer, I've seen Polymer and Angular too, and I think that's really great mm-hmm. when you give, you know, here's kind of this prescription at a very specific level, but then you can integrate um, a lot of, of what you want to do um, as you see fit. And so even with like, for instance, Zone.js, which is, you know, really an integral part of Angular 2, is that's actually technically not like an Angular thing that that you can actually use that completely aside because it's a really super useful thing that's been made available to you know anybody who wants to use that. And so I love actually this composition of like things that do something really really well that they all just you know play really nicely together. Yeah, and that's really great thing about web components. So one other thing that I looked at here because you have integrations. And I, I was looking, I was just kind of browsing, looking for testing systems. So, you know, I see Karma, for example, has an integration. I thought it was interesting that you put it in there as opposed to uh, testing tools or testing libraries like Protractor I don't see on here. Um, you know, what, yeah, because, what I mean, so, yeah, so, it's what I said before, I, I'm trying to figure out, typically I, I would, tend to think that the, the user is already set in mind with using Karma. So he's, he's thinking, okay, I'm going to use Karma with Angular, and now I want an integration. So he's more likely to look into integration uh, than to test. That's the thinking. Um, yeah. I don't know, does it make sense to you guys? No, it does. So I have a question. Um, what is, let me get you out of this entire list, being that you are in the know, you are kind of the super connector now, a la um, the world is flat, rather tipping point, um, is what are your top three favorite components in this collection? Like if you had to pick three components to live on a deserted island with, what would they be? (laughs) (laughs) That's a mean question, actually. (laughs) Um, Every... I think it's the I swipe think, right. I think well, I, I think I think it's actually tricky for for Angular because Angular covers so much that the libraries are, are quite independent from each other. There's no not much library that I have some central role in uh, in in the Angular world because Angular covers um, so many topics, important topics that you don't end up having many libraries. For example, for state management. Uh, you don't have that many state management Angular libraries, and that's because Angular covered that part. That, that part. Whereas, for example, in React, you have a bunch of libraries 
uh, trying to cover that state management problem? And that's that's it's it's, it's a tricky question for Angular. Um, so let's change the stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I discovered great stuff. For example, lately, um, a request for a, a product tour, and, and uh, yeah, I think it, there's many great libraries, but not one that sticks out that's super central. Uh, yeah. So what's what's the last component that you saw where the, like, it just really impressed you? Where you're like, hey, this is really cool. Or this is really fun to work with. Um, so what's the, last, what's the last one that caught your eye where you're like, whoa, neat? Hey there, this is Charles Maxwood, and I just wanted to talk to you really briefly about Freelance Remote Comp. I'm putting on a conference for people who want to go freelance or who are freelance and bringing in some of the experts from the Freelancer Show to talk to you about how to find clients, how to collect money, how to build your business, how to specialize, and much, much more. So if you're thinking about going freelance or you're already freelance and want to hear from the experts on how to go, become, or grow your freelancing business, then by all means, come check us out at freelanceremoteconf.com. So what's the last last one that caught your eye where you're like, whoa, neat? The last one was actually the product tour library. I think it, 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 yeah, it's uh, it's not necessarily from a technical point of view, but more from a user experience point of view. I mean, it's nothing new, but still, I I thought yeah, it's neat. It's a it's a neat way to introduce a product to a user. Um, That's the last time I had this effect of yeah, that's neat. Huh, that is cool. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, Can I pipe in with my favorite component from this list? Do it. So I've been building an app. And I was looking for some various components, and I discovered Prime Faces, Prime NG, and holy cow, are those an awesome set of components? It's actually yeah. like a big, huge library. It's way bigger than Material. It's way bigger than uh, NG2 Bootstrap. It's huge, an enormous set of components, and all of them are super slick. They haven't had a single problem with any one of them, so yeah. I've been really pleased with that one. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that uh, it's a huge library, right? Which has a gazillion different components, but it's only like listed in the collection, like library, like the component collection. One yeah. reality is, if you're looking like for you know something very specific, you might look under the list and be like, ah, I don't see it, right? So, so yeah, so, that. <laughs> <laughs> so the the decision here is um, basically if you uh, have layout system. Then you are a framework, and if you don't have a layout system, you are component collections. Mm-hmm. And I believe PrimeNG, if I remember correctly, doesn't have a UI layout system. Yeah, I'm not sure if it does or not. I haven't tried using it, but like, like I've used its autocomplete component, which is super awesome. So, like, as a as an input component, it's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of. Uh, Various components that would fit in other places inside here, and, like and popovers. They have a lot of popovers and stuff, overlays. So holy can you smokes, cherry pick? Can you? What's that word? I'm saying, so, holy smokes, this thing is uh, got a lot of stuff in it. Is it? Oh is yeah. It, so now we get to, to to the question that was just being asked. Do you do you? Cher- it sounds like you cherry picked from it rather than. Yeah, because well, you actually like import. Um, an Angular mod, um, uh, an ES6 module. You just you import the module. So any modules you don't import, you don't include the code for. That's great. So you do. You ha- there's a CSS file you have to include that's relatively small. And like actually, actually, what would what would be great is actually to add every component of this framework into every category. So the tooltip yeah. one, the tooltip that would be great. Um, yep. Somebody on totally like for their team that. should be responsible for that because uh, it seems things like seems like that would be valuable to them, you know, another place to advertise their product. How do they make oh. money? And and by oh, the way, so, I don't th- I don't think there's anything wrong with making money uh, on this stuff because I want <laughs> I want somebody to be able to maintain it to make you know if this is their passion, I want them to be able to to eat while they're working very hard for me producing these great libraries. So what's you, the or the deal? if you ever change your mind about feeling like it's wrong to make money, let me know. I'll be sure and help you out with that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so it looks like the way that they make money is they have they have some uh, they each uh, their components are themable, 
and they have a few free themes, but they have some upgraded uh, themes that you pay for. So it looks like that's. They also have a bunch of other components that aren't Angular, you know, two specific components. And I don't know if you pay for any of those, but the Angular components are all free. But the, the only piece that you pay for, as far as I could tell with Angular, is their fancy themes. And it's got to be pricey because when I clicked on buy, it brings me to a page to contact us. Uh, <laughs> a list of it was price. like 80 bucks. <laughs> like eight. I think if you look around there, it's like $80 for if you're just a regular old developer. And if you're like going to redistribute their themes, then it's more. But if you just want to put it in a site, it's like 80 bucks. I think, yeah, you have to log in to find out the price. And I'm not willing to do that. But I'll take your word for it on the price. <laughs> but that's just for the extra themes. It looks like all the right. controls themselves are free. Yeah, and they got a bunch of basic things that just kind of change some colors around. I just like it because the logo kind of looks like Transformers. Yeah, it kind of does. And the <laughs> themes by default look really nice. I mean, they look kind of material-like, but kind of not. But they still look nice, right? A lot better than just the plain input types. Oh, but wait, if it looks like Transformers, can Ward use it? <laughs> oh gosh wait till it becomes a transformers star wars mashup then i'll be in trouble <laughs> oh no somebody's gonna write a web comic now but i think it's great if they can make money out of open source development it's really really yeah it's definitely a thing that's missing on open source well, that's that a big money. problem in, in a lot of uh, open source libraries that you see these days is there's a lot of great stuff that starts up. And unfortunately, all of us, me included, uh, at times we look at these awesome great things on GitHub and then we wonder why they're not active as, as we want them to be or they're not changing as many things or hitting issues. Most of these people are just sitting in their house on their couch and coding these, right? And unless they make money off it, how can they justify spending the time yeah. to keep them up? So. It's kind of a catch-22. I know, Ward, you've had a special interest in that area with some yeah. of the open source libraries. So it's, it's a tough boat. It's a business killer, frankly. Um, it's, there's just no business in, that I can see and in, in, you know, I've ever seen in open source. But that, this makes this an entirely different um, show. So <laughs> That's a super interesting topic um, and super important. It would be really great to find a way to... To monetize open source, and I don't, I, don't, I, 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 don't, I, I could see it to be possible, but yeah, that's another topic, I guess. There are more. There is more roadkill on that on that um, oh, yeah. path than there is success. As a matter of fact, I don't yeah. think there is a success on that path. So, but well, I think again, the kendos and those people like that might might differ, uh, obviously, but. Some of these guys get bought out too, like uh, Firebase. While it's not a component side thing, and Lucas, you you worked with them for a bit, right? I did. I mean, they were their own thing for a while, and I'd say that was a success. Uh, a, a different road, obviously, but it worked but out. They charged. They charged for. They expected you to to land on their servers. And there was the model. The business model has always, uh, you know, that that's been related to this is that you have a service. Uh, uh, that a uh, cloud-based service, preferably, that uh, is where you ring the cash register, and the rest of it is just making it a, a wonderful yes. place to come. And that model seems to work, I think, as opposed to the other model of, hey, we made some awesome things, pay for them. I think that's where people are mostly like, hey, I'd rather just go get a free version of that. Right. Do you, Do you guys know how much? Um, so, in certain document, in some documentation of open source libraries, you have advertisements. Do you know how much money they make on this? I'm kind of curious. Is that is that, is that something that's worth? No, it? but I've been told that I like, for example, my style guide. I've been told many times that people I should put a little ad up there, and I haven't. But I've looked at the traffic I've gotten on it, and it's insane. I imagine if you had a high trafficked open source project and you didn't charge for it that you could make a little bit of money by doing ads mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it would be much though I know of a particular very high traffic angular site that has some ads and I don't think it's I don't think it's much more than a couple hundred bucks and how much uh, how much CPM is that what's the CPM uh, that I do not know but I know that probably every single person who does angular has been on this site Okay, that's and, very. Uh, yeah, it's not there much. Is, you know, there's some ads on there, and I, I don't think, I don't think the owner of the site is driving around in a uh, Ferrari by any means. Like, no, I think you have, have to switch. You have to switch to we, fake. Yeah. That's how you really make the money. <laughs> but obviously, <laughs> and we're obviously going off a tangent a little bit. But I think yeah. what I'm trying to get at here is that 
these awesome components that you, you've assembled on your page, I think in addition to having people kind of help out there and contribute to them, I think there's a lot of libraries that probably are still aren't there even that we're not even aware of that people who are creating these open source libraries, a lot of the reason they do it is they love creating them. And if they want to get more exposure for them, maybe they can contact you through the GitHub page and, you know, make a PR and talk to you about adding them. Definitely. That's the idea. Yeah. I mean, even to that, it's I think people, like, they have a certain problem that they're trying to solve. And I think that, so for instance, I, um, there was the chosen plugin, which was this really cool drop down with, you know, kind of tags and different things. And I wrapped that in Angular simply because I needed to solve a problem. And instead of just, you know, pushing it away, I just put it out on to, to GitHub. And I've actually had people, um, like request, like I've even signed like release forms that like, Hey, you can go use this internally on some project. And it's really interesting when you put stuff out there to solve your own problem, how people will find it. And they're like, Oh, you've solved my problem because you have the same problem I did. And it's now useful. I actually did a proof of concept wrapping, um, a date picker in angular two. It was just for just a quick example. And I accidentally posted on GitHub and I took it down and I got like probably three or four emails within like two days of like, hey, like, where's this repo at? You know, we were using it and it's just like, oh, sorry, like I didn't know anybody was looking. And so even I would say, you know, there's kind of these tiers of one, if you have a problem and you write something that's useful, like just put it up on the GitHub and other people will probably find it useful. And then, you know, to John saying is, you know, there are definitely people who are very passionate about solving a certain thing and maintaining it. And, you know, I love this list here because I think that's an opportunity to, you know, get eyes on it and get people interested and, you know, just making it all around better. That sounds great. I mean, your story, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. So, so what do you guys so, Go ahead. Go ahead. So, um, what, what do you think, uh, what do you guys think could be better on this list? Um, what do you guys? Well, that's what I was going to ask you: is what's your what's your next step? Like, where's this leading for you? Like, yeah, I don't you... think that for us it's more to say like like we've had a couple of small comments of like oh you know this or that like I think it might be good for a, a, a nice idea if you like reached out to places like Prime NG and said hey you know this is a list that has your stuff if you guys wanted to take some time and help keep this up to date and curated. You know, it'd be in your interest, right? That might help you out to reach out to some of the makers of these of these things. But uh, the one thing that you know is always lame to do to an open source uh, maintainer is to say, "Hey, you need to add these features, <laughs> or else your your project sucks." Because right now the project's awesome. Yeah, but still, I'm, I I want to hear feedback. I mean, I, I, it would be really cool to improve it. So, any negative feedback is welcome. So I think that one thing that would be helpful for me is I'm just kind of scanning through this and I'm actually looking not on the readme, but the actual official site is, mm -hmm. and actually I do see some, it looks like you're just pulling in the readme, um, but even, and this would require a little bit of work, but even like a thumbnail or something. So just I could quick visually see what this component actually looks like. And yeah. I mean, I think that would, that would just, I guess I'm just scanning through here. I mean, it is pulling in the readme. So I, I mean, I think that's pretty good. But some of this stuff, like I'm actually having to like click through to get a sense of like, oh, this is what this thing is. Or even if there's like a demo link, you know, maybe surfacing that up. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So it's available right, you know, when you click, there's the demo. So people can just see it like as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks. I'll submit a pull request on that. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Uh, yeah. Other feedback? Come on, guys, don't be shy. <laughs> well, I, I kind of, I don't know, it's, it's silly because it's really not hard to do. But, I, I, you know, if it had the GitHub, almost all of these reach to GitHub, and if they had the stars next to it, that you'd get a sense of, you know, when, when the last commit was, you'd have a quick look to right from your homepage about whether the thing was actively maintained and well-liked. Yeah, so stars, last stuff. commit closed issues that kind of stuff's really really good to have it's just where do you stop and where do you start with yeah. that though right but the api the get github api could do it i mean it's a lot of work but hey you asked so i'm telling you no definitely i mean that's that's super feedback thank you yeah 
And actually, if you click um, so on the official website, if you click on an entry, you see the last comments. It's printed there, uh, but not the issue things. Um, how many issues open? How many closed? And uh, a comment graph would be awesome as well. Oh, uh, do I really? When I click on it, it, I mean, you're saying that when I click on one of these links, I'm, I'm it takes me to the GitHub place. Not, not it I don't see. Yes, yeah, so you're probably on the on the README on GitHub, and if you go on the official website. Aha! Click, yeah, and then you see the website. last comment on blah, blah, blah. There it is. And the other nice thing is the website has a quick way to add entries. So you don't have to do PRs if you want to add more items, yeah, right? But, yeah, exactly. And that's also really nice. a lot for the maintainers because it uh, it's uh, it become I mean it becomes a hell to maintain if you have 50 open pull requests with pull request conflicts and people mess up in the pull request becomes really hard to manage, um, and this just solves the problem. Well, I guess all you have to do is get rid of Angular 2, because that doesn't exist. <laughs> 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 it's just Angular. Yeah. What did you well, guys think is, about this? Uh, uh, go ahead, go ahead. No, the feedback. Um, this is a tremendous resource. Uh, you know, I'm... Uh, I'm, I'm a little over. I'm overwhelmed with just how much there is, um, but uh, but it's a very encouraging. Yeah. Yeah, I was super impressed just by the sheer number of things that are available here, and just yeah. It, it's and I'm sure there are many so it's, things. It's easier to find. It's easy to find a lot of this stuff. And I'm sure there are many missing things. Well, yeah, but that's that's part of the process and coming on a show like ours or angular air or you know being on the ng newsletter or having the core team mention it you know you get more people looking at it and going oh well i have a solution that should be on here too and then it becomes yeah, better and yeah. better and that that's the thing that i like about this too is that it's accessible to most people who use github because a pull request is something that we all understand yeah it's, it's super important part of it is the collaborative part so if there's no feedback, I have a question for you guys. Mm -hmm. So what do you guys think about this um, new feature on GitHub, the tagging, so that anyone can tag its own GitHub repository? I haven't looked at it, so. So it may make your job easier. Or in terms of yeah. like, like Angular stuff. Like, I mean, I think it's easier to like, click on and like find it like related stuff. Why don't you Why don't you explain what this feature is? Because I'm not sure people know. So, um, if you own, if you have a GitHub repository, you can tag your GitHub repository, and if people click on the tag, they see a list of GitHub repository that's tag with a tag, um, and that's I guess the angle is to allow people to explore libraries and open source repositories. Oh, I see. So if I take my library and I say, give it the tag persistence, then other people searching for yep. the word persistence will find it. Exactly. Uh, I didn't, you can tell I didn't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know. It, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. It, it doesn't feel right. This tagging there's no there's no convention anyone can take whatever they want it, it's it, it it becomes chaotic and uh, it's, it's kind of contradictory to, to have a, something chaotic to organize um, and, and you can see it on on, on on the npm registry the tagging on the npm registry doesn't work I don't know anyone who uses the tagging on npm to find libraries do you well, it's probably a critical yeah. a critical mass thing. Like a Stack Overflow had it from the very beginning, so people do use that, and it's part of this, and it gets search preference and things like that. I mean, on I mean on npm, yeah, for for, for Stack Overflow, it, it makes sense. I mean, if you want to have um, JavaScript related questions, then yeah, you can you can find them like that. But I, for for libraries, I'm not sure. On npm, doesn't doesn't work. Yeah. Well, it's it's an interesting idea, but yeah, if anyone out there is using it, uh, comment on the on the episode. But uh, yeah, I think we're getting close to the end of our time, so I'm going to push this to picks.
Are you looking to expand your skills in mobile development? Have an idea for the next Angry Birds app? Then you need to check out iOS Remote Conf, produced by the same team that brings you your favorite devchat.tv podcasts like Ruby Rogues and iFreaks. Join us for two days of jam-packed fun and learning streamed to you live May 17th and 18th. Go check it out at iosremoteconf.com. Joe, do you want to start us off with picks? Sure. So I want to pick uh, something that obviously contributes a lot to uh, Angular components, and that's jQuery. (laughs) (laughs) What's that, Joe? It's an awesome, amazing library, and even though it has fallen out of favor in today's day and age, it still is, uh, you know, absolutely the most used library out there and uh, really moved web development forward. And I still use I still use it on occasion. I got to throw together something quick. I need a quick uh, this or that. It might be the requirement for something I'm using, but I still use jQuery occasionally. So I'm going to pick jQuery. It's a, it's a fantastic library and no other library has or likely will ever have the effect on JavaScript development that jQuery has and web development in general. I'd also want to pick, you know, the component library I was talking about earlier, PrimeNG uh, by PrimeFaces. And it's such, every time I've used one of their components, I've been really happy with it. So, um, really grateful to have been able to found that, find that one. And it was before I even knew about this amazing list. And in some ways, I'm almost glad I didn't know about this list because, man, I would have spent another an extra 20 hours looking through this trying to find stuff to fit my needs. I tried a bunch of stuff, Material and, uh, and, and Angular 2 Bootstrap and finally discovered Prime Faces. And then uh, one more pick for me. I was playing board games all weekend long at a conference called SaltCon. So if you're ever in the Salt Lake area in March and want to play board games for three or four days, come to SaltCon. I had a really, really good time. Those are my picks. All right. Uh, Lucas, what are your picks? Unlike Joe, I just have one pick this week, and that is the complete far side uh, that you can actually buy on Amazon for about 63 bucks and seven cents apparently today as of the time of this recording. And it has the entire uh, Farside comic collection. Um, I grew up reading it. I found some gift cards into Amazon. And uh, I bought this, the complete set. And within the first five pages, I was just rolling. It's a really, really funny uh, thing. And for 63 bucks, you can have the whole enchilada. That sounds fun. Ward, what are your picks? Well, following Joe, I thought cave painting should really get a shout out. Um, (laughs) I mean, let's face it, uh, thousands of years of cave painting can't be all wrong. Um, And that's my pick. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I have one pick really quickly. Um, My wife and I went out for our wedding anniversary. We've been married 12 years. And uh, we went and saw the movie The Shack. And... uh, for those of you who don't know what it's about, um, it's basically a Christian allegory, um, but I thought it very well represented what how what Christians believe about God. So if you're Christian, it's amazing. If you're not Christian and you don't get Christians, go see it and you'll get it. Um, it is all I really have to say about it. It was an amazing movie. I really really enjoyed it. Um, and so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick that. Um, uh, I'm afraid to say your name, Romuald. <laughs> what's your what's your pick? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> so, uh, it's, it, so um, it's not really a recommendation, but I, I so it, I there's this um this I I recommend people to check out into pushing the V3C consortium to make a proposal about a shared cache. Um, for browsers, so um, means that one website loads a, a framework like Angular, and another website loads the same framework. Instead of loading it two times, it loads it only one time from a shared cache. And I think this is super. It will play an important role for the future of the web. 
And um, I'm surprised that this uh, idea doesn't get more attention. And I think it deserves more attention. And that's uh, half. I, I'm sure if you could call it recommendation. But, uh, yeah. I think Chrome so, does that already, doesn't it? I mean, it's just it's just not everywhere, right? <clears throat> I'm not I, I, I'm not aware of it. I don't think so. At least I'm as, as far as I know. Well, but I'm it would be really great because in the end, you could have one website... If you could have a website combining a bunch of libraries, uh, you can use React, Angular, Vue, or whatever, and it's fine on a wide perspective because you use the library. The, you, you, n websites use the same code, and it doesn't add weight to add Vue to your code base or Angular or React. I'm pretty sure that they do a um, that some of the browsers are doing just this. That they are actually pre-parsing them and keeping them in parsed form, so you also don't pay the you pay you don't pay the price of of it being uh, reparsed again as it's brought into memory. And, That's great. Um, so I, uh, I I'm going to try and find the link to that discussion. Yeah, that'd be that. awesome because then I'm figuring I'm, why would would you bundle then uh, a big framework into your um, code? Then it doesn't make sense to bundle. Then you shouldn't bundle it then. All right, so you eat well, the shared cash. Yeah. I'm I'm just gonna push us uh, to the end of the show, and I'll let you guys finish discussing this after the show. But uh, yeah, uh, thanks for coming. This was really fun thanks to talk about, and a lot of cool stuff on this list. So we'll put a link in the show notes. People can go check it out, and uh, we'll call it a wrap. And we'll catch y'all next week. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great talking with you guys. Yeah, it was fun. Yep. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.